Back to the show. It's now uh, coming on uh, 26 minutes uh, to uh, 9. And welcome back to tonight with Lester. You can continue the conversation here on the show. 021-446-0567 But now it's time for Hiking with Tim Lundy. Cape Talk. Hiking with Tim Lundy. Tim Lundy, people called in last week to ask, where is Tim? Where is Tim and the hiking feature? <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> and you can't you get rid back. of me that easily. <laughs> <laughs> where were you last week? I was in the most amazing place. I drove to Karlitzdorf, which I've never been to before, mm-hmm. and um, led a trail for two people um, on a trail called Tierboskloof, which I want to talk about next week in more detail. But it was, um, yeah, fantastic Fantastic vegetation. Uh, it's a really nice trail. And I must say, Cape, mm. um, Cape Nature have done an amazing mm. job with the tents that you stay in. Um, th- they rake the ground before you get there. And it's all prepared. Mm. The pathways are all clean. And it's just, I think for internationals coming here, it is an amazing treat. Mm. You sleep in sort of luxury tents out in the... Out in the open, it's amazing. You can, of course, call in 021 or WhatsApp or SMS us 072 567 1567 or 31567 if you want to comment or ask Tim any of your hiking related questions. You're not alone here in studio. Uh, with you is uh, uh, Galileo Saints. And uh, Galileo, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Well, let me Tim, Tim introduce yourself. Who is Galileo? Well, so Galileo <laughs> is a very interesting guy, he's a very busy man. Travels around the world all over the place doing all sorts of amazing things. And um, he keeps reassuring me that trails are not just for walking. There are all sorts of different things that you can do on trails. So I now look at trails very differently than I did two weeks ago. <laughs> now, but before we get to Galia, we're going to go through the safety and rescue recap. I know you've been away for parts of uh, uh, last week. But how is our, our mountain trails and our, and our hiking spots been looking over the past, let's say, fortnight? Yeah, the past fortnight, there were one or two rescues while I was out. Um, uh, Way out in the mountains, and then there was one yesterday on Lion's Head, which a lot of people have been talking about because, of course, Lion's Head had had so much attention paid to it, but it had nothing to do with the with sand parks or with the renovations or anything like that. It was just purely an accident. I'm seeing a lot of commentary of people saying they're dissatisfied with the level of um, of refurbishments and renovations there on, on Lion's Head. I'm I'm not. Particularly familiar with Lion's Head myself, yeah. well, particularly after after the renovations. But what has been the the bone of contention there? Look, uh, also being away for two weeks, I'm not terribly sure what what has happened in the last two weeks with it. But um, I do know that Sandparks are not happy with the work that was done either. So they are they've also said that they want to have things changed. So it's not going to stay the way it is. They are going to make changes and make it safe again. So. That's the good news. Oh, excellent. Now, Gallio Saints is here with you. He's here to talk about uh, the Rim of Africa. But firstly, Gallio, what is the Rim of Africa? The Rim of Africa is, first of all, South Africa's longest mountain traverse. Mm-hmm. And it starts in the northern Cedarburg, up there by Pakes Pass, just outside Clan William, and essentially follows the entire Cape Fold Range ridgeline all the way past Ceres, past Montague, across the Hicks River Valley, along the Langeberg, right into the foothills wow. of the Otanikwa Mountains. 
And do you encourage people to do this all in one go, or is it sort of by well, stages? <laughs> it's, it's quite a long way, all the way from well, basically is. from uh, Clan William all the way to maybe as, as close to enough to Mossel by your George. Correct, that's it. And well, we don't really encourage people to do it all in one shot, mm. but you can. And we have every year a number of people who do. We really encourage people to do it the way most people do it, which is take one of the stages at a time. So there are nine different traverses, and they pretty much between seven or six to nine days, depending on which traverse you're on. And and that's really the right way to do it, sort of in bite-sized chunks. And this year, which is our 10th anniversary, which was really exciting, we've got um, a, a, a lady from Johannesburg who's been walking with us for the last five years, and she's doing stage seven and eight this year. Wow. And and so you know people kind of come back every year and do the next one ticket off and and I think that returning thing mm. says a lot because it means whatever they experienced on the previous traverses was a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So so how did it come about, uh, Galio, that to to sort of map this route all the way from uh, the Borland almost to parts of the Karoo through the Langeberg, which is basically almost near Lanesburg, and then all the way down. To, to the Otaniqua Mountains, around about Marcel Bay. Um, uh, George, how do you start mapping those routes, those traverses? Well, I think like anything good in the world, you know, things happen by coincidence, by chance, and kind of almost by mistake. You kind of stumble into it, you walk into it, if you don't mind the metaphors there. But my founding colleague, Ivan Khrunov, in 2005, went on a walkabout, and uh, he had gone to see a, a sort of shaman, a, a Sangoma kind of person. He said, listen, dude, to fix your problems, you need to just go walk. Mm. So he decided, well, he was sort of looking at this map one day of the southern edge of Africa. And he just saw this, what looked like a you know, classic line, the, the Cape Fold Mountains. And so he decided to try and walk that. And, um, and that's, that's what, that was the birth of the Rim of Africa. So now for the last 10 years, we've been offering guided they guided uh, journeys across these mountains we work with professional guides and um, the reason for that is because we cross a huge number of private lands you know not a, a lot of that that landscape doesn't belong to the state and so the, the need for getting access permission and all mm-hmm. of that is really critical and hence the, the reason we have guides mm-hmm. is a lot of the conditions for crossing the land people feel much more comfortable if they know there's a guide taking people across their fangos it's Thursday night and it is our weekly hiking feature with Tim Lundy. Also in studio with us is Galio Saints. He is of the Rim of Africa, uh, which is a walk all the way from uh, the Cedarberg Mountains. It traverses the Kawabokafalt, the Skirverberger, the Hex River. I love the Hex River Valley. It's one of my, uh, the Dwarans is Beautiful. one of my favorite parts. And then the Langeberg and makes all its way down uh, to the Otaniqua Mountains. Uh, Tim, just what is the appetite for for people wanting to do walks like this it seems like quite a daunting experience to to wanting to to follow this entire route look i think um the appetite worldwide has definitely grown um we've got lots of big big trails like this around the world um yet we don't have anything like this Mm. in africa except now which is i can't actually believe it's been 10 years it's amazing um and yeah, there, there definitely seems to be a drive for people to go out and I think self-discovery and uh, journeys. As you say, it's not a trail; it's a it's a journey, and it's it's people discovering themselves and um, being being out there. I think this this trail that I recently did in over two days, I spent a lot of time walking on my own and 
discovering a lot about myself. <laughs> so there's definitely a need for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the nice thing about the Rim of Africa and, and South Africa and, and the Western Cape is the diversity of vegetation mm. and um, just, yeah. The, there's no, you know, when you start in the Cedarburg, it's nothing like when you finish <laughs> because the, the vegetation is different, the rock type is different, the... And, yeah, and, and that is what I want to get into now is that you really have to time it a particular time of the year because the climate of the Cedarburg can be very daunting, and especially and going through all these different basically microclimates as you make your way to the Otanika. What time of the year do you is best suited for, for these type of walks? Well, the Rim of Africa really only happens in the springtime. Mm. And there are very simple reasons for that, and they're very easy reasons. It's about water, and it's about heat. Mm. So we start every year on the exact same date, which is Heritage Day on the 24th of September, and we walk right through until about the 18th or so of November. And that's the perfect time in that range to pick up the last of the the water from the, the winter rainfall. Mm. Over the years, we've had some tough times. You know, the last two years, you know, with the drought and yeah. stuff, on some of these ridgelines, there is no water. And, and that can be really challenging. And you realize there's no hike without water. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, Rim of Africa follows that line. And, and our season is really springtime. And mm. it's the best time of year in the Cape. It's, the flowers are out. Uh, the, the air is crisp. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful season for hiking altogether in the Western Cape. So are, are you essentially walking every day from the 24th of September to the 18th of November? Uh, yes. Gosh. <laughs> it, it reminds me, I know that we've spoken about, about this off-air um, off um, term. is like the, um, this, uh, the Santiago Camino. Yes. The Camino walk. And it's, it's more than just fitness. It's more than just conservationism it's about finding yourself it's yeah. almost a sense of spirituality of, of testing yourself there's a, a solitude that you know you can still see people walking but you can decide to walk by yourself yeah. it is a bit of, of, of that as well no absolutely it's um I th- I'm, like I've yet to do the Rim of Africa or any of the oh, sections I'm of it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, I've, yeah. done, I've done portions of it, but not because I was on the Rim of Africa, because I was doing other walks in those areas. Um, but I, I can just imagine it must be quite a quite. A, I'm about to do the Fish River Canyon in in May. Good. That's really and good training for Rim of Africa <laughs> in September, Tim. That's what I was thinking. This is, is an invitation. You <laughs> are invited to come and join us on any one of the traverses that, I'd you, love to. that uh, you fancy. Just how, just how active uh, or, or fit do you have to be for well, Rim of it, Africa? It, look, you need to be hiking fit. That's, that's for mm-hmm. sure. You need to be hiking uh, well-experienced with hiking as well. Because Rim of Africa is essentially a mountain traverse. So this is really more a... Uh, it's not your easy trail. This is like mountaineering type. Explain the difference between a hike and a traverse. Well, with a traverse, you're going to end up on a number of sections where you're walking off path. You're not walking on a manicured path that's you know, got beautiful steps mm. and nice and clear. You're going to be going through some pretty rough feinbos over some very loose rock in some places. So you need the skill to navigate that. And don't forget, on Rim of Africa, you're carrying your backpack. Mm-hmm. With at least three to four days of food plus your tent, uh, your cooking equipment. So this is it's it's hardcore in that sense, but it's completely doable. Mm-hmm. We've had people up into their mid seventies join us mm-hmm. and cope really well. But you need the experience of being out there. And mm-hmm. so what we're offering this year is two, what we call preparatory hikes. 
um, happening where people, certainly from the Western Cape or wherever, can come and join these weekends and really get a sense of what the Rim of Africa is about. Mm. So they can really make a decision, you know, is this really for me or not? Mm. And uh, we, we're looking forward to that because we find one of the, the big challenges with a hike like this is you know, people having the right gear and also mentally having the right mental space to mm. take on a challenge of this nature. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody that has got to a point where they've got halfway through it and kind of gone, I can't do this well, anymore? Tim, this is why we suggest people sign up for one or two stages at a time yeah. and, and try that out before committing both time and finances okay. to, to doing like nine weeks, right? So we've had people who after two weeks have just said, you know what, this is, this is way beyond me. Right, or what sure. they found is those two weeks were such a profound experience in their life. They just said, I need time out. This has mm. been too wow. too transformative that I, I need to kind of restock mm. with what's going on in my life yeah. and, and come back. And so they come back next year and carry on. Cool. I, I, I want to look at the, um, the physicality of it and particularly of roughing it in the open air. You know what? I can go... I can go to a camp for a week and maybe set up a three-man tent, bry there at the campfire, you know, go doss in the camp. But just how how do you prepare yourself from for living basically out in the open air for nine weeks? It's that's a pretty tough call for the, the through hikers, you know, to 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 plan that because they're walking every day, so they don't have a chance in between to get off and go to a shop or mm. find different supplies or whatever. So we supply us a resupply service where every three to four days, Rim of Africa will bring a, a food drop. And in between each one of the sections, we have a, a resupply as well where, where people are leaving the trail or new people are joining the trail. And that's another opportunity to sort of dig into your resupply box, which the through hikers then, you dump all your stuff in there for the nine weeks. A lot of the people are then living on, you know, freeze-dried type food and, mm. and non-perishables like that. But the resupply points are an opportunity to also get fresh stuff. Mm. So if you want some fresh tomatoes or some apples or uh. carrots, you can make that request, and, and our logistics team will make sure that you get what you need. This does seem like a like a very big logistical operation. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. just explain that. Uh, and how many people are usually on 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 a on a on a course? So uh, we limited the group size to twelve, and that's a, that's a quite manageable. manageable size. Yeah. It's manageable, and we have two guides for those people, which is the perfect combination. And and two guides are really critical, yeah. uh, both from a safety perspective, as you might know, Tim. Yeah. And uh, also from an experiential perspective, you know, two people making decisions. And listen, these, these mountains are wild mountains. Mm -hmm. yeah. So even though you're up there and you can see like Montague in the distance and you know what the coffee shops are there, but <laughs> it's a good couple of hours, maybe even a full day's hike to uh -huh. get down there. So, yeah. In terms of safety, um, we, we may still have some uh, cut in some of these mountains here and things like that. Of course, you uh, you have experienced guys with you, but in some of these areas, some very difficult uh, to get uh, some sort of uh, connectivity with cell phones and devices and oh, yeah. things like that. Just how do you ensure that you keep yourself and, and, and hikers safe? Well, one of the great um, beauties of the Rim of Africa is that you don't have cell reception wow. a lot of the way. So you're actually able to get out of this crazy mm. world and switch all of those devices off really so th th that's really one of the attractions of of this experience but yeah look there's not just roy cut out there's there's cape leopard and we see yeah. lots of evidence of cape leopard on this hike in mm. many places there's obviously snakes as well we we come across the most beautiful adders um you know so and of course baboons so you know they're all those things but from a safety perspective the guides carry a satellite phone and uh, we've used it on a number of occasions, and it's been a very wise mm. thing to have had in the backpack. 
and uh, a lot of them are trained in search and rescue. I myself have been with Mountain Search and Rescue for a number of years, and uh, having that experience as well is, is, is crucial. Yeah. We're speaking to Tim Lundy with our weekly hiking feature, and with him in studio is Galio Saints of the Rim of Africa Traverse of the Cape Mountain Range. It seems absolutely fascinating. We are going to be back with more after this. Come back. You are listening to Tonight with Lester. It's coming up for almost uh, seven minutes uh, to uh, nine o'clock before we reach Eyewitness News. But we are. it is our weekly hiking feature with Tim Lundy and with him in studio is uh, Galio Saints. He is of uh, uh, the Rim of Africa. It is a, a nine-week traverse of uh, trails all the way from the Cedarburg to the Otaniqua. It's absolutely it looks fascinating and it looks almost spiritual. I see that these references to to the Inca Trail, the uh, Camino Walk, as we as we mentioned that. Who are the type of people who come on these walks, uh, Galio? Yeah, Lester, it's everyone. It's not a walk, it's a journey. It's a journey. But Lester, it's, it's everyone. I mean, we, we get a huge cross-section of people on, on, this, on this experience. And, uh, you know, people who are looking for time out, people who are looking for a serious adventure, and people who just want to be in the Cape Mountains, mm. you know. They're, they're a beautiful place to spend time. And as you, as you mentioned there, you know, there's this, a kind of spiritual dimension to this experience, and we find that with all the groups that we take. Um, that people really leave the rim of Africa feeling transformed in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this maybe leads me on to some of the projects we do. So, if you, you know, if you visit our website, it says there, the rim of Africa is not a trail. That's mm-hmm. the first sentence. We are actually a nonprofit organization, and the, the, the annual traverse that we, that we run through this route is essentially our primary fundraising event mm. that then supports uh, a number of other projects that we do in helping to get people out into the mountains. And in particular, we have a, a wonderful program that we run every December with matriculants, where we bring matric students from across the country together, uh, and especially from different demographic groups, from different levels of economic you know, income and or poverty even. And we pull these kids together, and they spend an incredible week in, in, in the Cape Mountains, uh, really transforming and mm-hmm. dreaming into their vision of what their future can be. So, you know, we have a, we have a number of projects like that. We're also just launching a, a new project with uh, Kids in Nature, uh, particularly working with children who are in schools and mm-hmm. farm schools along the route of the Rim of Africa. So this is the irony. You know, you have these these beautiful small communities in places like the Koebokefeld, for instance, like uh, what's that little town called there, Optiberg. And you've got kids growing up there. Mm. They, they look out their door or their window, and there's mountains right there. Yeah. But they don't always have access to them because it's private land. Their parents might work on the farms, but they don't have a relationship of how to connect with that mountain in, in other ways, right? So we're doing this program with getting these farm kids kids into onto the room of Africa. I, I can totally um, testify to that because the, the most uh, one of the most uplifting things for me when I was young and, and school was uh, was environmental um, club at at high school and we would do everything from day trails to um, uh, and. and it, and it just skips my mind now with the name of of the place to to whole week long uh, trips and just being out outside and also at times with the, the people who are guiding you um, taking us into the mountains at night and say we're going to leave you here and we're going to walk with us and every let's say ten steps we're going to 
drop someone off here. So you can't see the person oh, next wow. to you. Yeah. Sure. It's pe- pitch black. <laughs> and we're going to put off our lights. And in dead silence, we're just going to sit here on the mountainside. Wow. And you take 15, 30 minutes to reflect. And it's right. absolutely amazing, I guess, for, for kids, especially kids in the city, you know, well, you know to do the, that. It's amazing. You know, a lot of these kids with the matric program come out there and they're terrified. Mm. They're mm. terrified. And the most terrifying thing is the silence. Oh. You know, if you grow up in a township area, the, the, the noise, whether it's traffic or just other people, you know, the density of some yeah. of the homes are so mm. tight. The kids come out there and they just like, that freaks them out. It's the silence. But after two days, they get into it mm. and they connect with a different dimension of themselves and they come back to the city stronger, more confident. And, and uh, we just wit- we witness this every year and it's the most beautiful thing to witness. Galeo, um, we are sh- quickly running out of time. Uh, do you still have spaces for people to, to sign up for this year's Ike starting in September? Well, we do, Lester. Actually, this year is a really special year. As I said, it's our 10th anniversary and we are discounting our normal rates by 50%. Uh, as I said, Room of Africa is a fundraiser. So we have a minimum amount to pay that kind of just covers the basic logistics costs to get people out there and the guides and stuff and the access permits. And then on top of that, we encourage people to make a donation. But mm. in addition, we also have on every traverse two fully sponsored places. So it's really important to us that Rim of Africa is not elitist in the sense that you, mm. you're limited to participate if you don't have the resources. We have a wonderful application process where you make your case as to why you should be mm. on this journey, irrespective of where you come from. And uh, we found that to be really successful. Mm. So, so we re- it's, it's a really, Rim of Africa is about give back in many, many respects, mm. especially with the projects that we're supporting. And if people want to get involved or want to find out more, where can they go? The best thing is to just go to our website. And you can always just drop us a line as well. That all the contact details are there. And should I give the website address? Go in. Yeah, it's very easy. Rim, R-I-M of Africa, dot C-O dot Z-A. And Tim, as always, what do you leave us with uh, for this week? Uh, how can people get hold of you your, and, your, and your thoughts for the week? Yeah, I mean, they can get hold of me on Facebook, which is Cape Town Hiking with Tim Lundy. Um, my email address, if they want to get hold of me um, for guided hike, is tim at capetownhiking.co.za. My Twitter account is Hiking Cape Town or Glam Trails. Um, Instagram is Cape Town Hiking or Glam Trails as well. And then websites, obviously, Cape Town Hiking and then the Glam Trails ones as well. And parting thoughts, I think you've got me thinking now. The one thing um, that I experienced last week was that silence. And I, I stood with these two guys and I said, you know, the most amazing. We just stood there for about five minutes and just didn't say a thing. And they, they, they're from the UK and they just like, they just couldn't get over the, the, the silence is actually almost deafening at, at, at some point. It kind of, it does kind of freak you out a little bit, but then you kind of get used to it and it's just amazing. So I, I think it's when you can, when you start hearing your, almost yourself. Heartbeat. Yeah. When you start <laughs> yeah. hearing your heartbeat, yeah. it's that quiet and that's. But it's a special, when you get used to it, it is a special, special thing. And I think my parting thoughts was if you can go out and do that kind of thing and experience it, do it because it, it is life changing. And that is Tim Lundy with the weekly uh, hiking feature. He'll be back next Thursday, obviously giving us more details of his hike last week in uh, Colored Store, but also giving us more uh, details on our upcoming uh, listener walk. It is now coming up for 9 o'clock and time for Eyewitness News.